I'm Courtney. And this is Madison. We're striving to know, love, and serve God where we are with what we have. If you are too, join us. Hi, listeners. How are you? I have some really sad news. It's just me today. No Courtney. And that leads me into my ticket that earned me a ride on the Hot Mess Express really the last couple of weeks. Um, We had been recording ahead of time. We were about four weeks ahead of schedule. And if you've noticed, we've been kind of spotty with posting. And that is because we've been having serious tech issues with the software that we record on and edit on. And we've lost uh, two recordings at this point. So this week, it is just me talking about Women of the Word, Chapter 5, Studying with Patience. I appreciate your patience with us. We are amateurs. This is a hobby for us. We have full-time schedules outside of um, just trying to be faithful and pass on the knowledge that God has given us. And um, we just appreciate your patience and grace. So there's that. Um, My whiz bomb for this week is not really a whiz bomb, just something cool that I've noticed. I had the pleasure of studying last summer and then co-teaching it with a dear sister in the fall. And now my children have chosen the book of Acts to read through every night when we do our scripture reading. And I am reading Acts with my D group right now. So I've been just immersed in Acts over the last 12 months and um, I've been really enjoying it. Each time I read it, I'm noticing something new or a different significance. Um, So I'll just share something that I learned. I believe it's Acts chapter 17, 17, 18, or 19. I'm not sure. Um, That is what I read this morning. So one of those chapters talks about Paul establishing a church in Philippi, and he establishes that church with a woman, Lydia, who is the seller of purple, um, a jailer who is likely a Roman citizen and not a Jew, and then also a a slave girl who had been enslaved by her masters. She was demon-possessed, and her masters were profiting off of her demonization and the fact that she was telling the future, and so people would pay her to be told their fortune. Um, I think this is really cool that these are the first three converts in Philippi and that this is the group of people that that church was built on because... There was a tradition, a prayer that Jews would pray when they would enter the synagogue and they would say, thank you, God, that I am a man and not a woman. Thank you, God, that I'm a Jew and not a Gentile. Thank you, God, that I am free and not a slave. And so it is just so cool to, on the other side of the cross, see this church being built on a woman, a slave, and a Gentile. I'm tearing up if you can't hear it. It's just so beautiful. Um, Just how different and higher and better God's ways and thoughts and the way that he works are. Um, in comparison to humans and how kind and generous he has been to us and coming down from heaven, um, extending his grace through salvation, grace um, for transformation into his likeness. I just will never get over it. So now that I'm done blabbing, uh, I am going to pause because I just received a call from my husband, which means I'm likely needing to go on a work task. So give me just a second. I'm back for y'all. It has been about two seconds. And for me, it has been two days. So I apologize about that, but, um, life happens. So let's go. Today we are talking about studying with patience. The last two weeks we talked about studying with purpose, which is just understanding what the Bible is and what its purpose is. And its purpose is to tell of the rule and reign of God. 
And then last week we talked about perspective, which is gaining perspective on a particular book or passage that we are reading. And Jen calls this um, like digging or asking yourselves the archaeological questions. So who wrote this book? When did they write it? To whom was it written? What are the um, social, cultural, economic, historical factors that um, were going on at that time? Like what is the setting of this book. Uh, I like to call this recon work because it's what we do before we actually dig in and start studying. But Jen calls them the archaeological questions. So whatever you want to call them is good. Uh, and this week she talks about in chapter five, studying with patience. And I appreciate this so much. Uh, God's character is inexhaustible. And the book that reveals who he is and his redemptive plan for humanity is the same. So I will literally spend the rest of my life studying his word. Uh, and that means I'll never get there. We will never get to the end of it. So we must study with patience. It takes time and it takes effort to build biblical literacy. This is not something that's going to happen overnight. This is not something that's going to happen upon one reading of the Bible. Um, and so we have to stay patient and let the learning process take its course. Um, I love that Jen says on page 80 that the preponderance of devotional material available to us bears evidence to our love for the neatly wrapped package. Um, but often studying God's word is not that it is not a neatly wrapped package. We approach our time in the word as if it's a drive through at McDonald's. I've only got a few minutes. Give me something quick and easy to fill me up. And that that's just not how it works. Gaining biblical literacy requires allowing our study to have cumulative effects across weeks, months, and years. So this um, part in the process falls right in the middle of the five steps of studying God's word. And I feel like it's so appropriate to um, have it situated here because it is such a needed encouragement. Sometimes I walk away from Bible study feeling more confused having more questions than answers and um, perhaps a bit tired because sometimes it's heavy lifting cognitively. But this encouragement from Jen and really anyone that you know in your life, hopefully you're studying the Bible in community um, and you're encouraging one another to persist because knowing and learning the Bible, knowing and learning who God is, how to love him, how to serve him is certainly a worthwhile endeavor. Jen goes on to talk about how learning the Bible requires discipline, um, how learning the Bible is a quest for knowledge, but it's ultimately a quest for understanding. So if you're familiar with education at all, there's different levels of cognitive domain. Um, knowing something is much, much simpler than understanding something. For example, a lawnmower. I know if I push down the button and pull down the handle, it will turn on and I can cut my grass. But having a full understanding of how that mower works, what is going on when I push button number one, what is going on when I pull that lever number two, understanding is a whole nother level. And that is what we are going for when we're studying scripture. We want to know God deeply so that we can apply the truths in scripture to our lives. Um, Jen asked a really important question on page 83. Do you expect to be met with frustration when you study the Bible? And I'd like for you to just stop for a minute and think about that. Do you expect frustration? And 
I will say that at one point in my life, I did not expect to be met with frustration upon studying the Bible, but I would. Um, I would be very frustrated, very confused, and ultimately that made me want to give up on reading or studying the Bible, at least for a time until I you know, took a deep breath, calmed down. I was like, okay, let's try this again. I've had enough of a rest period. Let's do some heavy lifting. Um, but now on you know where I'm at in my spiritual journey, I would say that I do expect to be met with frustration often, but I also know what to do now when I am frustrated and studying the Bible. And so that's something that Courtney and I will talk about a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, but when we come to scripture and we feel that frustration and we're impatient with the learning process, there are two different um, kind of avenues that we will take that Jen talks about. Number one, give up. I have much experience with this. Or number two, we look for a shortcut. And I feel like this is even more um, of, of a popular option, particularly where I live. I live in the Bible Belt. I live in the South. Cultural Christianity is rampant. It's like a cool thing to do. The church, going to church is like a, you know, good old boys club. And so um, because we're in church in this area and because we hear you got to be in the word, you got to be in the word, you got to be in the word. I feel like we are probably less likely to give up and more likely to look for a shortcut. And shortcuts are, we'll just talk about what those shortcuts might be. They might be going straight to commentary when there's a, a passage that you don't understand. They might be picking up a devotional book um, where you read one verse you know, a very, maybe 20 words from the word of God. And then you have a person tell a story about their life and how this verse helped and all of that. And you walk away feeling a little bit better and feeling a little bit built up. But does that move you toward biblical literacy? No, it does not. Can engaging in commentary right off the bat at that, you know, the first second of first feeling of confusion or disorientation or frustration, reading commentary, does that help build biblical literacy? Well, maybe, but it doesn't help us develop the skill of discerning God's word and listening to the spirit and studying the word through prayer. Um, and so that's why I would advise against that. By hurrying to eliminate the dissonance of the I don't know moment, it actually diminishes the effectiveness of the aha, aha moment of discovery. And that's a quote um, from page 84. This is a known thing in the world of learning. You have to feel a little bit uncomfortable to learn something. And if, like this quote is saying, if we immediately alleviate that discomfort, the thing that we learned won't stick. And I can give you some examples. I have always been caught up in uh, why the Gospel of John records that blood and water flowed from Jesus's side when he was pierced on the cross. And like, obviously, you know, pulmonary edema. But there's something spiritually significant there. And then, you know, John talks about that in one of his letters. I believe it's 1 John. It, it's just also interesting to me. And so I read commentaries on both of those, um, you, you know, the Gospel of John and the letter of John, whichever one it was, and got answers, but it never really stuck until I was reading in Genesis recently, just this year. I've been mulling over this for years and looking at the work of the spirit and the water, how the spirit moved over the water and it created order. And then the command that God gave humans to be fruitful and multiply and the command that Jesus gave in the gospels upon um, his resurrection to go and to make disciples of all the nations. And, um, 
spent some time just mulling those over in prayer. And I feel like the Lord gave me the aha moment. And so it stuck with me, whereas reading those commentaries just truly did not before. But this dissonance is very important in the learning process. And when we bypass it, um, and we don't lean into the natural processes of the brain of how God created the brain to work and learn, we're shortcutting ourselves. And the sweetness of those aha moments is lost. So Jen says on page 85 that embracing the dissonance of feeling lost rather than avoiding it will actually place us in the best possible position to learn. Sorry, I have someone joining in on the podcast. Okay. I think we're in the clear now. Mara was alerting me that the neighbors are near. Um, so when we give up, we're not moving toward biblical literacy. When we look to shortcut the frustration that we might experience, we could be building biblical literacy. We could be not, but we are denying ourselves the sweetness of that aha moment. And I would like to just say that not all Bible studies are created equally. So not all Bible studies, whether it's a book by book study or whether it's a topical study, will um, do more than simply present the content. So if we're doing a study on the book of John, then that study very, like the minimum that it should do is present the content of the book of John. But the hope is that these studies that you're doing or that I am doing are very well developed. And not only does it present the content, but it helps us develop our spiritual disciplines. So whether it's prayer or how to study the Bible, um, that sort of thing. We want it. We want tools as well, because eventually we would like to to graduate from doing these Bible studies and these devotionals, um, and just experience the Word of God on our own. And when I was thinking about why it's so important or why it's so special to me to read God's Word and to see who He is in the pages outside of being guided through a study. I thought about being on a date, like back in high school and being on a group date and you're spending time with friends, you're spending time with the person that you're interested in, who's interested in you. And it's very fun. It's very enjoyable. And you definitely get to know that person. But there's something more sweet and more intimate about when you can go on just a one-on-one date with just that person um, and engage with only that person. And I really do feel like Bible study can be compared to that situation. If I'm reading like a daily Grace Co study and my Bible at the same time, there's a lot of a lot of people in that. And so I enjoy just having that one-on-one time with me and the Lord, me and him in the scriptures and in prayer, um, and hearing a word from him, and then taking that to the group setting with friends or women in my D group who have read the same thing and discussing it. It's sweeter. And the intimacy that it builds with the Lord is stronger and sweeter. And so I just encourage you um, to, you know, if you're using Bible studies, that's great. That's excellent. I do too. And when I'm in a season where I'm tired physically, spiritually, or emotionally or whatever, I will just kind of rest and I won't study God's word independently. I'll have someone lead me through it um, via a Bible study. Uh, but I do want to encourage you to develop this skill of studying God's word on your own, just you and him. You won't regret it. It's worth the effort. It is worth practicing the patience to develop these skills. Um On page 86, Jen talks more about commentary and how sound commentary is invaluable to the Bible student. But what she wants us to do is to have it placed correctly 
in the learning process. And that is at the end. That is after we have spent our own time with the text and develop our own interpretation of the text. That's when we want to um, consult other um, Bible study students, theologians, scholars, to see what their interpretation of the scripture is, just to see if we're on base, off base, or what have you. And we will talk more about that as we talk about the steps in the process later on. Um, we may be tempted to think that our time has been profitless without a devotional or without a commentary, but we couldn't be more wrong. God tells us in Isaiah that his word never returns void, that it goes out and it executes his will and fruit is returned back to him. And so even if we get up off the couch day after day, week after week, month after month, and we don't feel the warm, fuzzy feelings, we don't feel that peace, we don't feel as if we had an aha moment or a special revelation from God or anything like that, um, that is okay because we can trust that promise that God gave us in Isaiah that that time we spent in his word will will produce fruit. Maybe not right then, um, but down the road it will. Jen also compares ba uh, Bible study to different types of bank accounts. A debit account is we put our card in, we say we want 20 bucks, and we get the 20 bucks out. And a lot of times we approach Bible study with that um, idea in mind. Like we're putting in the 20 minutes and we need 20 minutes worth of fuzzy feelings to get out of our Bible study. And the Bible study just not, it doesn't work like that. It works like a savings account. We put in the time now and we're banking up that time. We're banking up that knowledge for a later time, a later season in life where we need to make a withdrawal. Um, and so that, that goes back to the verse in Isaiah. Jen asked a question on page 88. Are you willing to wait a decade for an application point to emerge? Be encouraged that you are storing up treasure, even if you don't see it or feel it in the short term. This is so true. And this is what God promises in Isaiah. Um, so with that, that wraps up chapter five, talking about patience. Um, next week is chapter six. And that was another episode that Courtney and I recorded and it is lost. So I am hoping that after <laughs> this little season right here of losing multiple episodes, um, that our IT team has fixed the issue and that it will not persist so that we can both be on here together sharing our experiences with you guys. But I'm grateful to Jen for this book, for the, including this um, part of the process, having patience. I'll encourage you to be patient as well. I encourage you to buy the book, to read it in a group community, to study God's word in community so that you can encourage one another to have that patience as well. When we come back next week to discuss chapter six, that will be studying with process. And I feel like this is kind of like the meat of the meat of it. So we've talked about understanding scripture as a whole. We've talked about understanding the particular context under which a passage or a book was written, girding our loins because um, we need patience. It's going to take time to build biblical literacy. It's going to take effort. And so now chapter six talks about actually digging into the text and what we need to do at that time. So I am super excited to talk about that with you guys. After that, we have study with prayer and hopefully Courtney and I will be together to discuss that. 
So if you would please pray for us, these tech issues have been persistent. They have been ongoing. Um, and to be honest, they're just flat out frustrating. So if you would pray that that would not be something that we have to deal with anymore to this extent, we would appreciate it. All right. See you guys next week.